Hello, hello, Heat Nation. Welcome back to Heater's Gonna Heat, the Miami Heat podcast for the OTG Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Russell, here to bring you the latest on our favorite NBA team. And yeah, just when he thought things couldn't get much worse with the current swath of injuries, uh, it did. So Tyler Hero, who suffered a thigh contusion in the Cavs game, the not yesterday, Monday, but the previous Monday, uh, would sit the rest of Miami's road trip. So that would be three games missed for him. He's currently listed as questionable for tonight's game against the Pacers, but nonetheless, we were without Hero for the rest of that road trip. Um, and then at the end, against the Pistons on Sunday, uh, P.J. Tucker went down with a knee injury. He's currently listed as out for tonight's game against the Pacers. No timetable. We hit back on him. So, yeah. Um, reg- despite that, though, Miami still had an impressive week. They had went 2-1 of one and were at least able to stay 2-2 two, two overall for the road trip. Which, yeah, the goal is is 500 until this team gets healthy. So, regardless, they were at least able to accomplish the goal. Uh, it kicked off. So, when we last left off, we just gotten whopped by the Cavs because Kevin Love sh- just likes to shoot out of his mind against the Heat this year for some reason. But, um, yeah, after that, Miami had to go up against the Philadelphia 76ers. I was incorrect. I thought um, Embiid and Seth Curry would be sitting out of those games. They did end up playing... Arguably should have sat because they didn't look completely healthy, but they played nonetheless, which obviously ramped up the level of difficulty, but Miami was still able to walk away with a very impressive 101-96 to win, which this makes the first of four meetings with the 76ers this year, so that actually gets Miami out to a 1-0 season series lead against a team that it could be in a tiebreaker situation with later on in the year. So doubly great. Uh, if, if not for the Bucks win the previous week, I probably would have said that this was Miami's like most important win for this for this stretch, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely still up there. It's like two top two or three or whatever. But uh, to get to the game real quick, it was a one hundred one to ninety six win. Uh, this was a game where the Heat saw themselves up twenty nine eighteen in the first quarter. They were able to push their lead as much as fifteen points before it, the seventy six ers started to chip away at it. This was kind of a trend that we saw happen. Miami would get to big leads by about mid quarter and then it would taper off near the end of the quarter. It was the same in the third quarter, where Miami pushed the lead as much as 23 before eventually the 76ers chipped it back down to an 11-point lead. Um, they went into, Miami went to the fourth up 81-70. The Sixers continued that and were actually able to tie the game with at 96 with about a minute and a half left. But then a Gabe Vincent three, uh, Kyle Lowry free throws, and impressive Miami defense especially on Joel Embiid, uh, sealed this 101-96. to And then Embiid in specific, they did a phenomenal job, especially Dwayne Dedman. He had the bulk of the time guarding Embiid. Uh, but they held Embiid to three points in the second half on one of six shootings. So they definitely still got you know some attempts up there. He got a few trips to the free throw line, but for the most part, completely ineffective. Arguably, he was... You know, like I mentioned earlier, he was injured. I originally thought he was going to be out that game based off of the injury report. So pretty pretty obvious he wasn't at full health, but neither is the Heat. You have to play with what you have right now. Um, and, yeah, the Heat were still able to limit a hobbled Embiid. Arguably, maybe he should have sat some more instead because he wasn't producing that much when he was on the court anyway. But outside of that, um, great job on the boards by Miami this game. That stood out. They out-rebounded 76ers 44-35. Dwayne Dedman in specific was a monster with 14 rebounds of his own. 
And then Duncan Robinson as well pu- pulled down eight as well to be the second leading rebounder. You know, uh, we'll go over this a little bit later on, but like with Tucker down, Hero down, Butler down, Bam down, Miami's down four of their best five rebounders. So the fifth one being Dwayne Denman, but like they got to get some rebounding from somewhere else tonight. Um, it ended up being Duncan Robinson. Most of the time it's like kind of by committee, but um, outside of the rebounding as well, it's also a phenomenal shooting night for the Heat. 18 of 44 from three, which is good for 41%. Uh, Robinson went four of 11, so that was solid. Lowry, three of nine. Vincent, phenomenal, seven of 12. Uh, Struess, not as good, two of seven. But uh, yeah, Vincent did a great job both on both volume and efficiency. Um, and that's, you know, 41% from three on over 40 attempts. That's kind of the recipe for how Miami has to win games at this point. Um, but they able to tonight, and it translated to a close but definite win. After the game against the 76ers, they were at the Magic last Friday. This is a game that they won 115-105, to a lot less drama in this one. The Magic, well, except for the beginning, because the Magic got out to an 18-8 lead. It was, you know, starting to get a little, little hot under the collar and stuff like that, but Miami powered back immediately and actually ended up the first quarter up 31-22, so a nine-point lead. The second quarter, the Magic were kind of able to push it a little bit. They got it down to about six, so starting to trend in that right direction. But then Miami pretty much kept them at bay for the rest of the game, eventually pushing it out to double digits and kind of just letting them coast there. Six is where it ended up being as close as it ever got. So, yeah, if you don't even get within five. It's You don't even get to any crunch time or anything like that. So, fantastic win for the Heat. That now that at this point they're on a two-game win streak while on the road, which is just kind of unbelievable considering that they're still you know without Hero, Bam, Butler, uh, Morris, Oladipo, and, and Martin. But um, this game, another one, another good game on the boards, uh, out rebounding the Magic, forty-six to thirty-six. Yurt seven actually started to impress on the boards. Like this dude, still he very clearly has some offensive limitations. He has like a little bit of like deer and headlight syndrome where he's not quite sure exactly where to be on, on either side at times. But he's a rookie, and he I don't believe he was supposed to be forced out this quickly as well. He was not only a rookie, but supposed to be a bit of a project. So his timetable has been has been drastically brought up, but at the same time, it's kind of like a trial by fire where we're figuring out what this guy is actually really good at. One thing does seem to be at least rebounding in certain matchups. Uh, in this case, he was able to pull down double-digit 12 rebounds and let Devin have a little bit of an easier night with just six. Uh, outside of that, Miami's shooting was, again, phenomenal here. They didn't quite get the volume up as much, but that's because their efficiency was so crazy. They shot, like, 66% or something like that, around that. So about two-thirds of their shots, of their threes, in the first half. So when you're shooting that well to start off... You can kind of coast a little bit near the end, and then once it gets in the garbage time, maybe you don't need to jack up as many threes. But um, do all that to say they went 19 of 35 from three, good for 54%. And then if you look at like the, the four best shooters that they have right now, Struess at flaming 8 of 11, just absolute flamethrower out there. Vincent, 4 of 11, so still solid volume and efficiency. Lowry, 2 of 4. Robinson, 2 of 3, so low attempts, but... You know, 50% one, 66% the other, so high efficiency there. This was just, yeah, another great shooting game, another great rebounding game for a team that that's pretty much how they have to win right now. Um, then, lastly, to finish off the road trip, 
We went to the Pistons on Sunday. This was a game that Miami unfortunately lost 90-100. to And believe me, the Pistons at multiple points were pretty much like trying to give the game away to the Heat. Uh, they lost, what, 14 in a row, I believe is, this is what's off the top of my head, 14 in a row, somewhere around there. They had lost that many in a row already, and yeah, for good reason, because they do stuff where they pretty much can give the game away. Just Miami was not at a point that they could capitalize on it. It pretty much came down to the third quarter where P.J. Tucker went down with a knee injury, and then everything just kind of spiraled out of control for the Heat at that point. They ended up getting outscored in that quarter, 33-19, to which ended up being the deciding amount because they outscored... The, they outscored the Pistons, I know, at least two of the other quarters, but essentially it came down to they Tucker went down, they couldn't recover from that, dug themselves a hole, and then they were just unable to climb out of it in the fourth. Um, this was also a game where we start to see some of the reverses of some of the other positive trends that we saw in the last two games. For example, Miami got absolutely beaten on the on the boards this time, losing rebounding 39-47. to Yurt still pulled in 12, and Devin pulled in 5, but they didn't quite have as much of the gang rebounding help as they had had previously. And then, at the same time, they did not also shoot well from 3. So, 13 of 43 from 3, that's good for about 30%. Uh, if we look at the top 4 shooters, Lowry 2 of 9, Robinson 2 of 10, Vincent 1 of 6, Struess was the only one that had a bit of a decent night going 4 of 11, but if... So let's put it this way. If we can take, um, if we give Lowry one more three, so he goes three of nine for 33%, Vincent one more three, that would be two of six, 33%, and give Robinson two more threes, so he'd be four of 10 for 40%, which is, you know, about where we would at least expect them, that's another 12 points they win this game by two. So, yeah, the shooting is important. They didn't have it tonight, and that led to them you know, losing this game to the Pistons, unfortunately. So I think that's a good way to segue into just one of the keys that we've seen for the month of December, essentially when Bam went down, because Bam went down, like, right before the first game of the month. So it kind of makes it clean in the sense of looking at the data, at least. But for the 10 games that they've had in December, in games that they've won, they've gone um, about roughly 19 of 41 from three, good for 46%. And in games that they've lost... They've gone 12 of 37, which is good for about 32%. So really just kind of highlight, like I know it seems, to me it's like kind of irritatingly reductive because it's kind of like a no-duh thing that if if you shoot better from three, you're going to win the game. But there are ways that teams can win even if they're not shooting well from three. You know, you can crash the board. You can like do a lot of damage inside at the rim or through mid-range. You can do trans, like push transition or you can just defend like hell and keep the other team from scoring a lot so it doesn't matter if you don't shoot well but for the way that Miami is currently constructed because of all the injuries to their roster they've essentially lost all those other options and they have been reduced to the point that the only major card that they have to play is shooting threes and one way that you kind of know that is just looking at like Dwayne Dedman for example so Deadman in the first two months of the season, uh, he had five three-point attempts, which good for three, so still shooting 60%, so looked good, uh, even though ridiculously small volume. But for the month of December alone, he's had 13 attempts. 
So he's almost quadrupled the amount of threes that he's taken, and he's taking at least one three a game. And part of the reason why he's doing that is to make opposing teams at least understand that he's going to try to attempt it and try to see if they can stretch the defense out. Because the only way that they're getting any sort of like lanes inside for Kyle Lowry to drive in is by just having spacing all throughout the floor. So outside of Deadman, like the, the four other key ones have been Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, and Duncan Robinson. Like you need probably two, uh, well, you need at least two or three of them to do high volume, like around double digit attempts, which, yeah, if you look back, so let's see, uh, against the Sixers, Robinson got up double digit attempts, Vincent got up double digit attempts, Lowry got around double digits at nine attempts. Um, against the Magic, Vincent, and Struess. And they get, but they were shooting so high on efficiency there, not really a lot of people got attempts up anyway. And then against the Pistons, we have Robinson, uh, Struess, and Lowry almost there as well. So the point, though, is these are the four shooters you pretty much have to rely on. They're the ones that are going to be getting the bulk of the minutes. And as currently constructed for Miami, it pretty much boils down to how well those four are shooting on that night. So, like, yeah, look at... Look at the last two wins that we had against the Sixers. Uh, Robinson has a decent night. Lowry has a decent night. Vincent has a great night. Struess has a bad night. But because Robinson and Lowry at least have decent nights and Vincent has a great one, it works out. Um, they shot at least 41% on over 40 attempts. They were good. Uh, the Magic game, Struess shot phenomenally. Vincent decent. Lowry efficient. Robinson efficient just because they were low volume. Um, but they just shot so efficiently overall between the four of them. Really, Vincent was the worst one at 4 of 11, which is still good. They they crushed that game. And then against the Pistons in the loss. You know, Robinson shoots terribly, Vincent terribly, Lowry terribly, Struess decent. They end up, you know, being, they end up losing that game right there. Um, and then, yeah, like I mentioned in the recap, if you had just bumped, you know, three of them up to decent by their standards, they win that game by two. So, yeah, until they start getting other players back, like, for Miami, they're pretty much down to what the four of Struess, Vincent, Lowry, and Robinson give them shooting. Like, anything Deadman gives you is extra. Anything Akpala gives you is extra. Um, but those four and how well they're shooting from three is pretty much the core of Miami's offense and thus is the indicator for whether or not they're going to win games until they get healthy. But that in and of itself is becoming an even more tricky thing so Bam still a few weeks out, probably not till mid January. Butler no timetable on his return yet. Uh, Morris no, nothing on when he would be back. Uh, last we checked, he just was going to be out for Sunday's game. Oladipo still no word when he's back. Martin still in health and safety protocols. No no clue when he'll be back. Could be another week or so. Tyler Hero this is questionable at least for tonight, but it that seems more like one of those situations where. It's more so trying to get another body back to try to stymie any any additional losses. Like I don't think if he comes back to play tonight that he's going to be fully healthy. Um, but again, that's the situation Miami finds themselves in. Uh, now PJ Tucker out as well, uh, at least listed out for tonight. Don't know when he could be back. But yeah, just just think about that for a second. Bam Butler, uh, Oladipo. Hero Tucker. That could be like a five-man lineup right there with Morris and Martin coming off the bench. <laughs> Miami is down half the roster, and the half that is out is the better half. Like, no no offense to Lowry Robinson. They are great players. 
but the better half of the roster is currently on the bench. Um, hopefully we can get them back and healthy, but like I said, until then we just have to weather the storm. And that's not just for the Miami Heat. That's kind of becoming the thing for the NBA in general. Um, there seems to be this maybe, there's like a, at least for me, there's a sense that because of the, the current um, spike in COVID cases, which is happening nationally, no surprise. Again, I used, used to do biology. Essentially, um, yeah, this is going to spike up during colder months like this, and especially with a lot of travel like Thanksgiving, Christmas. So it's not going to be going away anytime, at least I think for the next month. And given that the NBA currently has 70 plus players in health and safety protocols, and they've already started to postpone games, like they postponed five on Sunday. There was a few more that they postponed last week. Um, there's possibility of more. So like, for example, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, I understand are hit really hard with health and safety protocols too. So some of the, some of their games could be getting postponed. Um, all of that could be to say, don't be surprised if the NBA just takes a break in general, maybe for like a few weeks or so, um, just to try to ride out this current wave. Uh, it would be beneficial for Miami. I mean, we only have one player in health and safety protocols with Martin, which is fortunate in that regard. Hopefully he's fine. But the rest of our roster is all physical injuries, so some of the time off would still be beneficial to getting them back and healthy as well. But uh, it's still a developing thing. We just kind of have to wait and see. Just something to keep in the back of the mind that I, I myself would not be surprised if the NBA tries to postpone um, at least until like this current wave starts to go down. Whether or not they do, though, eventually we're going to have to come back and finish out the rest of the season. I uh, just wanted to look ahead real quick, just kind of get a sense of where Miami's currently at. Uh, after they went, like I said, they went 2-2 two two of that road trip. They kept 500. It's kind of the, the goal. We are now going to start a four-game homestand before our season-worst uh, seven-game Western road trip. But first, uh, with that 2-2 two two road trip that they just finished up, the Heat are 18-13. and 13 which is good for currently fifth in the East. It is, as I always said, it is still early in the season. We're not even past the halfway point. So still plenty of time for all these to change, yada, yada, yada. However, unlike last week, one of the things that was kind of interesting this week is that we're starting to get some separation um, into groups for the East. So first is the Brooklyn Nets. They're, they're up at the top by themselves, which... Uh, on a side note, like I got to give that lot of props to Kevin Durant and for weathering that storm up there with Irving not playing, Harden trying to get back into shape, you know, some players in and out, and yet they are still the first seed by themselves. Like there's a two-game gap before second seed. Uh, that leads into that second group. This is a group that encompasses the two to five seeds, and the amount of games that separate those two and five seeds. They're only about, it's about a game and a half, so these are two to three and a half games back from the Nets. This group is the Bulls, the Bucks, the Cavs, and the Heat. <clears throat> so about a game and a half separates those four teams, of which the Bulls, pretty you know they're going through a ton. Their games are actually getting postponed because they don't have enough players to field rosters, and the Heat's kind of teetering on that as well. Um, Cavs are relatively healthy, and they've been a good early season success. And then the Bucks, once they righted the ship and got healthy, no surprise to see them there as well. So the key, obviously, is for Miami to try to stay at least within this group. 
and try to jostle. Like once they're healthy, try to jostle for positioning depending upon who they want in the uh, like second, third round or who has home court, things like that. The point though is, is like, you know, they're still hang, hanging within this group. That's where you want to be. Uh, after them, there's about uh, two game separation from the fifth to sixth seed. So and but then from the sixth to eleventh seed, there's only a game of separation. So the sixth to eleventh, which is everything from the last playoff spot to out of the play-in game, they're like super packed in together. And that's the Wiz, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Hornets, the Raptors, and the Hawks. So it's like even more important that if Miami starts to slip, that they don't fall into that third group. Because, yeah, at that point, like, you know, everything from play-in, play-off is on the table. Um, just to, f- to finish it up real quick, though, the there's a bit of separation, about a game and a half from the 11th to 12th, which that 12th and 13th, those are, at this point, we're, you know, eight, eight and a half, like six games back from where the Heat are right now. Um, that is where the Knicks and the Pacers are. So it seems unlikely that they could catch up to Miami. Like Miami, we need to fall pretty hard, and those teams need to rise up pretty high. But it's still not outside the realm of possibility, given how like there's still over half of the season left. Um, and then at the, at the very end of the East, at 14th and 15, these are 15 and a half games back of where the Nets are. So over 10 half back of the Heat, Magic and Pistons. Like I, that that shouldn't even come into play. But um, the Pacers one I bring up in specific because that is our next opponent. So to finish up, we'll just take, like before, we'll take a look at the games that are coming up ahead. First up, Miami hosts the Pacers for the beginning of their four-game homestand. The Pacers are currently 13-18, and 18, which has them you know out of the play-in if, if the playoffs were to start today. However... They do have a one-to-one series, season series with Miami, and this is the last game of the season for the Heat and Pacers. So it it is very unlikely. The Pacers seem like they're a team that are trending in the direction of let's rebuild, let's strip, strip down the roster. However, there's still just enough time that if they hit a win streak or something like that, maybe they try to keep the band together and try to make a run for it. Um, so in that regards... That's why I say, like, if this is the last game of the season series, if the worst-case scenario, Miami starts to go into a losing streak because of injuries, the Pacers rally together and rise up, this could be a game that, at the end of the season, could determine a tiebreaker. Uh, I hope it doesn't, but that's just the possible reality that we're in right now. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, Tucker is supposed to be out for tonight. Uh, Hero, their list is questionable. This is a Pacers team that's coming in also uh, having just been rested since last Thursday, so they're going to be super rested and energetic for tonight. Uh, The Heat, on the other hand, just wrapped up a four-game road trip. They didn't get any breaks, so they at least are at home, and that's what has me like still confident that they can compete, especially if they can get Tyler Hero back. But, I don't know, with the Pacers with the rest and with, you know, the players on the team maybe trying to, like, do one last rally to see if they can make something out of this season beyond just trying to put up numbers to impress their next teams. I still put this as like a 50, 50 win for Miami. Just the Pacers, like they have enough talent. I feel, um, I just don't know if they'll be able to put it all together to actually pull off the win. But the, that concern is what, what has me say like 50, 50 
For Miami, though, I mean, we like I mentioned, we already know what the recipe is. Struess, Vincent, Lowry, Robinson, they're going to shoot a lot of threes. Denman might give them a few more as well. Um, hopefully Hero comes back and he can provide, you know, some spacing and scoring as well. Um, but other than that, probably we'll see the, what they tried before where Yurt7 did a really good job just keeping Sabonis off of the boards. I think that might be the interesting matchup to see, you know, if Spo tries to go to that again. Um, I mean, at, th- at this point, you kind of got to get, wh- whenever you have potential ways to use your to advantage, get him out there, try to build up his confidence, and then hopefully that translates to other things. So yeah, overall, 50-50, I think. I'm, I'm just not sure what kind of energy the Pacers are going to come have coming in, and I'm not sure how well the Heat are going to shoot. Typically, uh you know, like the shooters and people like that tend to do better at home. So uh, maybe I should be a little bit more confident and say this should be a solid win, but and uh, 50-50 feels about right at the moment. Um, but after the Pacers today, on Thursday, the Heat will host uh, the Detroit Pistons, who they just went up against. Um, yeah, the Pistons team, it's 5 of 24. Uh, they will be playing at the Knicks today, and then they'll be coming to the Heat, so they'll be on the road. But... I don't know. Unlike the Pistons game, I don't think the Heat are going to shoot as badly there. Um, uh, this is one where I feel like being at, having a few days at home at this point, they'll be ready to go regardless of what happens with the Pacers game. I put this in a, as a solid win. Like, there's no reason the Heat should not win this game, win that game, even with their diminished roster. Like the Pacers, the Pistons were practically giving that game away Sunday, and the Heat were just too tired to capitalize on it. Um, also hoping, like, at least by that point, Hero is back healthy as well, and he could provide the difference. Uh, after them, on Thursday, Heat are off Friday, Saturday. They'll host the Magic on Sunday. This is a Magic team that's currently 6 of 25. The Magic themselves, let's see. They will be, the right before the Heat, they'll be hosting the Pelicans on Thursday. So they'll be relatively well-rested as well. They'll have Friday, Saturday off. Um, but still a bad magic team we already went into orlando and were able to beat them i feel confident we can take the magic as well so if miami does good enough tonight against the pacers i mean they could be on a three-game win streak which would help solidify them in that that like second tier of teams um in the east again the whole thing right now is just avoid dropping into that third tier because once you're in that third tier it just goes nuts for however long it is um yeah, the Pistons and Magic, for the most part, like, they don't have any real standout, like, threats, like I would say, like, Sabonis is for the Pacers. It's mainly just, you know, be competent. Like, those are two really young... Well, in the Magic's case, they're severely injured. They've had a lot of, like, players that haven't even played this season kind of injuries. And then the Pistons, the Pistons are just bad. Like, they're just really bad. Um, outside of some really great young talent like uh, Kate Cunningham, but, you know, just be good and you can beat those teams even with, you know, missing half your roster yourself like the Heat are right now. The Pacers is the only one that, that seems tricky to me. Um, and then their next game is not till the following Tuesday get, when they will finish their homestand against the Wizards, so I uh, will cover that one then. But that'll be all for this week's episode. Please be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Heaters Heating and myself at KBR Heat Nation. 
Also, be sure to check out the other great pods we have at OTG Basketball and otgbasketball.com. I'll be back next week. So until then, stay heating and have a good one, Heat Nation.